Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. The views expressed and the opinions given by their guests do not necessarily reflect those of the Odyssey Files hosts, its affiliates, or its sponsors. Hey, this is Mike Couch from Lost Limbs Foundation. Make sure you check out Mike and Dave on the Odyssey Files because they really need the listeners. Oh! Kim, what are you doing? Well, I'm telling Mike and Dave, it's time to get on the show. Oh, well, the Odyssey Files starts now. Good evening, paranormal community. It is 7 o'clock here, central time. I hope all of you turned your clocks back so you haven't been waiting for waiting for an hour and assuming that we're not going to be here tonight. I don't know who would do that, but... Uh, That'd be some loyal fans right there. <laughs> assuming... That would be... That would be okay. like free T-shirts for the free T-shirts for the people who were waiting for an hour for us to show, show up listening to dead air. Exactly. So you are obviously listening to the Odyssey Files. I am your host, Michael O'Neill. The other voice you heard is my wonderful co-host, Mr. David Sawyerine. Good evening, Dave. Good, Good evening, Dave. Mike. How are you on this wonderful Monday? It is a wonderful Monday, and you want to know why it's a wonderful Monday? Well, for me, it's because I actually shook whatever crap some inconsiderate person dumped on me on Thursday. Because I've been feeling a little under the weather, and I feel better today for the first time in three days. So, so, I, so for I'm me, really, that's why it's a wonderful Monday. I am really glad that you continued <clears throat> your sentence with that you were feeling under the weather because somebody might have taken that as I'm finally getting over the the crap somebody dumped on me. Some a little differently. Oh, gotcha. No, it was a little bit of a, like a, kind of like a cold, a cold, little bug, bit of yep. a, you know, cold bug, whatever I picked up somehow on Thursday, but better now. Good. Excellent. Excellent. And no, it is, I mean, that is a good day, but, yeah. uh, I, I just wanted to say, even though I'm not going to go into any details, uh, but, uh, my partner Lauren and I have, Sign the paperwork for the venue for the 2022 Minnesota Pair Unity Convention today, this morning. And uh, uh, I'm very honored and happy to announce that uh, a lot of the vendors uh, have already bought their booths. And it's only been official for like seven hours. Um, very nice. Right. So um, can't wait to fully announce that. Hopefully, uh, if not next week on the show, uh, the week after. I mean, it'll be announced publicly before that, but here on the show, hopefully by next week, you know, that will, cool. that will happen. Um, 
That's so, very good news. I agree. And you know what else is very good news? Our guest tonight. We have, for the first time, somebody that I've been wanting to talk to for, for quite a while. I know it's, she's just been on our list for a long, long time. Uh, the great Chris yep. Williams from Ghost Hunters and, and Ghost Hunters International will be joining us at the top of the hour. Um, really looking forward to to talking with her. Um, really looking forward to it. But we have stories. Some of them are good. Some of them are weird. Some of them are, let's just say, very personal. <laughs> Which I cannot wait to get to. So, so after after four years of doing stories, uh, I found a story tonight that is going to take the cake. <laughs> so happy. So, so happy. Um, but that 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 is going to be the uh, that is going to be the finale for for yeah. this time. So we're not going to start with it. We're going to save the best for no. last. And um, so yeah, so we got uh, six stories to get to beforehand. So let's just start right out and, and, and get these done because I really want to get to number seven. So uh, story number one: black cats and spirits. So. Uh, This person writes in, my grandpa passed away in 2018. When I went to the hospital with my mom and aunt, a black cat crossed the street in front of us from the right to the left direction. I felt something in my chest. I knew something happened. Then Then in the hospital, we found out my grandpa died 15 minutes before our arrival. I live in Hungary. In my country, we always light candles on the 31st of October in the cemetery at our late family members' graves, and we pray and remember And remember for them. Uh, Today I went to the cemetery where my grandpa is buried in my hometown. To reach the cemetery, you should go along. uh, You go along a street where the lights do not work. I remember when I was a child, I was always afraid of that street at night. After I left the cemetery, it was already dark. When I reached the dark street, I felt afraid uh, a little bit as, as I used to in my childhood. Suddenly a black cat appeared. It was a weird feeling. Uh, as I walked along the street, the cat was walking with me. Then I reached the first street light and the cat ran away. I found it really interesting. Do you think there's any connection or am I just crazy? <sighs> and we start with a cat story. I like we, do, we started with a cat story. <laughs> so We're going to start with a start with a whimper and end with a bang. <laughs> <laughs> all, right, all right. Well, so... Do I think you're crazy? No, I don't think you're crazy. But I also think that this is probably just a coincidence. Um, I, I I know that spirits can manifest in different ways, including including animals. Um, but but I I think in this case, and I can't believe I've I've already talked for like a minute and a half, and I haven't made fun of a cat yet. I must be slowing down. Might be slowing down in my old age. I think I wanted to get the answer out first and then go after the cat. So, um, I think it's just coincidence. I don't think that your your grandpa's spirit or whatever is at all manipulating this cat or, um, you know, is possessing him or manifesting as this black cat. Um, honestly, I think the black cat was probably just following you because maybe you had some candy in your pocket. Or, you know, and once it, once you reached light, uh, 
Cats don't like light. They like darkness because they're evil little creatures from hell. Uh, and so he ran off. Um, I also don't know. I don't. I don't know if it was supposed to be like some sort of big uh, part of the story, but to to talk about how it went from the right to the to the left. Um, I. I don't know. I think, if that there's, was... I think there's something in folklore about how a black cat crosses your path. Not hundred really? percent, but I think I think there is something about what direction the black cat comes from. Yeah. Oh, Especially okay. in, in 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 Europe, you know, in if you're talking about small town hungry or whatever, I'm sure that there's probably a lot of things, folklore there that we don't share. You know, like because I'm sure that they got a lot of stuff going on with a lot of the like their European stuff that's happening there. Okay, but, but I do. Rem- I remember seeing something about the way a cat crosses your a black cat crosses your path. Okay, I mean, obviously, I know about what happens if a black cat crosses your path. I just didn't know that there was any sort of left to right, right to left, front to back. You know what? I didn't know that there was any sort right. of directional uh, aspect to it that caused it to to change what it meant um so that's that that's on me um i was just curious about that because it, it was a little weird that that was added in there um i honestly think that that cat was this there because that's where all the death is so at the hospital and at the cemetery cats like to be around death uh it, it energizes them they like to steal souls so it's <laughs> definitely just think that <laughs> the cat thing was a coincidence that's just my opinion all right i'm done okay um i'm gonna chalk it up to just a coincidence as well myself but that said i will say this too you know the black cat crossing the street in front of you right like if it happened right at the hospital and then you walk in and your grandpa passed away it could be and i'm not saying it is but if that was some sort of transportation of your spirit of your grandfather leaving the hospital and then you walked and then you went and visited his grave to pay respect at the cemetery and then this black cat appeared and walked with you um, and then booked off at the streetlight, it's possible, and I'm not saying that this is what happened, but it's possible that that could have been your, you know, a carrier of spirit in animal form, leaving the hospital as your grandpa's spirit. And then, at, and then was at the cemetery for whatever reason. And you went and visited and it, rec- it saw you and was just walking with you, kind of giving you some, kind of like some, uh, I don't want to say compassion is not the right word. No, just kind of some relief, maybe. Yeah. Guidance relief, you know, like, so letting you know that it's okay you know, everybody passes, don't be sad, kind of thing. I don't think that that happened, but I think that in the world that we live in, and as, as much as weird stuff as we see, I can't dismiss that that has a possibility of being what could have happened. But I think it's more likely it was just that there's just a whole bunch of black cats that are strays that live in your neighborhood and that you just happened to cross a couple of them. Then a cemetery would be a place that a black, like any cat would probably hang out because it's quiet. Yeah. And, and you know, if they got, get two or three of them together, they could dig up a fresh grave and have a feast. So Exactly. Exactly. They could eat the flesh off the dead. 
you know, right. just like they just like they try to do with the living. It's it's insane. So yeah, uh, it, I, it's I, happened before. I, I, I you know, there's been right. cases of that happening. I, I definitely think that my explanation is probably a lot more logical here. So we'll we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> All right. Number two, new to this and looking for answers. Uh, so I don't know much about anything when it comes to paranormal stuff. But last night, <clears throat> me and my wife were watching the Ghost Hunter special. And he mentioned he had some ashes of Charles Manson in his museum. And then it hit me like a ton of bricks. November 8th, 2020, my wife's grandmother passed away. They were very close and her grandmother raised her. So fast forward, Christmas 2020, my wife, my wife's aunt gifts my wife a kind of box that hangs on the wall and has a picture of grandmother, her funeral pamphlet, and in the middle, a necklace containing some of her ashes. Now, I didn't put two and two together, but shortly after we got this, my wife started having vivid dreams of her grandma and our washer would randomly turn on out of nowhere. I can also just feel something when in our apartment, like the air is charged. So basically just wanted to ask, is it possible to bring a spirit in with their ashes and could we be haunted or is this just a huge coincidence? Um, you're not haunted. There'd be no reason for you to be haunted. Um, but you certainly could bring in energy uh, with ashes. And you've got this incredible connection between your wife and grandma that is a bond that was forged over time through a lot of emotions, love, pain, you know, anger. I'm sure at times when there were arguments, just part of life, um, all of that energy and all of that things that happened in their lives together and her being raised by her grandmother um, definitely created a bond and created like probably what you could call a string or a connection. And so the fact that your your ashes are in your grandma's uh, uh, grandma's ashes are in your house certainly one hundred percent could be a reason why things have kind of changed. Um, you didn't say that your wife was having nightmares or anything like that. Um, vivid dreams of her grandma. That's not a bad thing, in my opinion. I love when I have like lucid dreams of my grandparents and my dad and and friends that have passed away. So. Um, I wouldn't say that's a bad thing at all. Washer turning on out of nowhere. I don't know. Maybe that's grandma's way of saying, of like just messing with you. You know, I mean, I don't know, but, but I don't think there's anything to worry about. I think that she's just there just, and I don't think it's going to be long-term to be honest with you. I think she's just there as a, Hey, this is me. And I just want to let you know that everything's good and she'll be there for a little while. And then I think she'll probably move on. Right. So, I mean, I just want to start with the whole, you know, and, and you kind of touched upon it right away is the whole haunted thing. You know, I, I think I think that especially for people who don't know anything about the paranormal, they, they have the wrong connotation when it comes to that word. I mean, a lot of people think right. that they're haunted, that that means that there's like some spirit out to get them or there's the spirit yep. trying to mess with them, that sort of thing. So, I mean, do you right. have potential activity yeah are you haunted 100 agree with you dave i don't think they're haunted um no also 100 agree that you know you can bring in mm -hmm. ashes you can bring in <sighs> antiques you can bring in anything that has energy uh connected to it and you may actually get a fragment of that person's 
I don't want to say soul so much, but like their personality, their their energy. You may have like just a sliver of what grandma used to be. Um, and the rest of her is, is actually moved on. But uh, I'm with you. He just had vivid dreams of, of grandma. Listen to him. You know, if, if it's actually her trying to reach out, she's doing this because she wants to give the granddaughter a, a message. You know, whether it's... Right. Whether, as you said, it's, I'm okay. I just want to make sure you're good. Uh, here's something that I should have told you in, in while I was alive, but didn't. I would. I don't want to move on until I've said this to you. Listen to the dreams. And if she's trying to tell you know the, the, her granddaughter something. I think once that message is conveyed, especially if that's besides the washer, I mean, that just may be, as you said, something that grandma would be like, you know, hey, I'm still here. Like, mm-hmm. watch, watch out for me. Um, Instead and, of making like a knock on the wall or something, somebody would dismiss. She's doing something like that. You can't just dismiss like turning on the washing machine. Yeah. Cause like for every washing machine, you have to pull that big knob out. I mean, unless it's some kind of different washing machine, but if you think about your washing machine, right, you turn the dial and then you pull it towards you and, and it's like a solid click. And that turns the mechanism on. I think so. The, like, I think the or you new washers, push a button. I was gonna say that I think the new washers are more push button. Um, <clears throat> you just push the buttons, yeah. So I mean, it would it would depend on obviously how modern their their washer is, but right. Either way, um, I definitely don't think anybody is in any danger. I think once Grandma gets her gets a reason for being there out of the way, whether it's a message, whether it's just to make sure her granddaughter's all right. She's yeah. She's going to move on on your own, on her own. And you're not going to have any more problems. Um, so definitely when it comes to this, this type of activity, you can't get much better than grandma. No, agreed. hundred percent. It's a feel good story, not a scary story. And we don't see many feel good stories. Right. Well, so quick question for you before we move on. Sure. What do you think, like, my, like if, if ashes get kind of divided up, right? And I've seen this happen before. Like, somebody will wear a little necklace, you know, like with a little jeweled thing or like a little, you know, like a little vessel, right? And it'll have, like, a little smidgen of somebody's, like, their dad's ashes or whatever. And then, like, there might be part of grandma's ashes or, you know, whatever, like, on this memorial to her because this is what i'm envisioning you know is like this photo of grandma uh, uh her pamphlet for her funeral and then like some of her ashes as as like a wall plaque like a memorial kind of like respect remembrance type of thing and let's say that four or five other people got her ashes and then like the large majority of her ashes were left in the urn and put in a mausoleum or someplace like that's specially designed for you know above ground putting your urn in in the place where you can go visit it so that said, what do you think? Because this is what I think. I don't think that the ashes break up the energy. Like, I don't think like, okay, you know, in, that, in my example, I don't think there's like 80% of grandma in the vessel, in, in the urn. And then there's 5% here and 8% there and 6% there and 4% here. <clears throat> Here's what I think. I think that if you have those ashes spread throughout the area, I think that that's almost like a connection point for the energy of grandma to easily hop, like taking the subway 
to each of those locations to visit where her ashes are. What do you think of that? I think that's probably pretty plausible. I mean, that's when, when you were first proposing the question, I mean, that was what came to mind. I also, the only thing that I would not so much add, but, you know, kind of just throw into that, that mix is I wonder if it has to be not so much ashes, but let's say like part of the actual body, like part of the bone. You know, something so, because I mean, mm-hmm. supposedly, if you if you want to do, um, if you want to go the whole supernatural route, if you're ashes, you know, if you're cremated, if you're ashes, then you you shouldn't be able to come back at all. But so, I mean, I think if it's just ashes and that's it, I don't know if it has enough connection to the energy to be a connection point or to be able to to be used as some sort of jump point. But I'm thinking that if you still had like a solid piece of bone or a tooth or something that that you know survived the the, the blazing inferno that they do when they they right um, yep when they cremate you, I think that is possible um, at to be to be used as some sort of beacon uh, of you know the soul of energy whatever you want to whatever you want to do it. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know if I can get behind ashes themselves. I think it's got to be a part of the body that maintained its cohesion. Gotcha. Good. Question. I know when my dad passed. Yeah, I know when my dad passed. He we uh, we he was cremated, and I know that uh, until we put him in his final resting spot, which took about oh, not quite a year. You know, that we had his ashes in an urn and didn't take it to its final resting spot that we wanted to take him to. Um, there was a ton of activity. There was a lot of activity. That was, and I'm pretty sure it was my dad. So, um, yeah, he's probably like, now, hello, family. Took- let's, let's move <laughs> on here. Yeah, well, because of schedules and the time of year and everything else, you know, it wasn't feasible for us to be able to take him to his final resting spot. So, but once I took him to his final resting spot and laid his ashes out, everything just felt different. You know, everything felt amazing. And I think he was, and I think he moved on because I have not, well, I won't say I, I personally, I've smelled, like I've said before on the show, I smelled his cologne in my house uh, a couple times when the girls were young. The girls would kind of feel his presence, but I really never felt his presence there. I, but I would smell, like I told you, I smelled his cologne. And the girls, all three of them, had interactions with him. So he was there, but um, but I think he had, we, he and I had a great relationship. So I think he had already like he's like, I don't have anything to say to you. We had great life together. So yeah. All right. Anyway, moving on. Do you want to do the number three, or do you want to just jump around, or what do you want to do? No, no, no. We, we got, got plenty of time. All right. We got time. Yeah. Let's do the number three because it's an interesting one. Yeah, I, I was going to say, um, you know, speaking of like darkness and, and stuff like that and the opposite of a good haunting or a good activity, here we have Spirit Orb Made Infinity Sign. So I, I know you're at the edge of your seats right now. This is going to be yep. good. So uh, I'm a 31-year-old male and I can't comprehend what I just saw. That is not surprising whatsoever. Uh, I was headed out to run some errands when I realized that I didn't have my charger to my phone. 
So I walked into my living room to grab the charger, and that's when I saw it. The 30-point book. Just kidding. So a glowing white orb bigger than a basketball with about 10 to 20 smaller orbs surrounding it. Uh, it swiftly moved into an infinity sign, a sideways eight. Yes, we know what an infinity sign means. Uh, I was stunned and walked out as fast as I could, scared to hell. I realized that I just dropped my car keys and couldn't just stay there. So when I went back into my apartment to grab my keys, oh, so I went back into my apartment to grab my keys. I grabbed them, and as I'm walking out the door to my truck, I looked back one last time to see it in my bedroom, and it flies up uh, up into my upstairs neighbor's apartment. I do have a few ideas of what it could be. I'd gone to a friend's house a few days before, and they busted out a Ouija board, but I didn't play. Also, a woman committed suicide in the apartment building behind me uh, a week prior to that happening. I'm just curious if anyone else has seen something like this. Uh, yeah, I maybe I don't. I don't. I guess I don't think the whole infinity thing has happened. But I mean, like, multiple I've never, forms. I've never seen an infinity. I've never seen something trans make it the infinity sign. Well, I have, but it came from a sparkler. So, you know, not par- not paranormal. Um, okay, then I have too. When I was about eight to sixteen years old, when we would run around and do this as sparklers. Well, people mature in different rates, and maybe this thirty-one year old is still doing sparklers. I don't know. Um, maybe. I I honestly don't know what it is. Um, my initial my initial reaction to this was you were seeing something alien. More so than super, or, you know, supernatural, but the whole like shot up through the floor kind of changed my mind a little bit. Um, I guess I wouldn't put it past alien technology to be able to phase through solid thing. I mean, people talk all the time about aliens like walking through their walls. So, um, they just show my, up. Yeah, they yeah, they just they're just I there. Mean, it's like a ghost. They just right. They just I don't think I don't think our materialistic. I don't think our materials are any type of barrier to an alien presence. I think they can just transport right through them without a problem, like a spirit could. They're not bound by our dimensional gravitational type of things. Right. Um, I don't think that this had anything to do with your Ouija board thing, although I'm, I'm, I guess I'll give you a little bit of respect in, you know, that you didn't play with the Ouija board. But, you know, yeah. That that goes back to the question again, though, of even if you're not participating, if you're in the room and somebody actually conjures something up, are you in danger? I think you might be in danger right then. But, I mean, I would think that it'd be more easier, more easier. It would be far easier for um, a any sort of entity to latch on to the people that actually invited him in than the mm-hmm. person who sat in the corner and, you know, never said a word. Um, right. So yeah. I, I just don't, I just don't get, especially if that was a one-time deal. I definitely don't get that. It was had anything to do with the Ouija board. The suicide is, 
I guess, a little interesting. But again, if you've never had a paranormal experience in your entire life until that little thing, I don't think that that had anything to do with that either, unless <clears throat> she, her spirit in some way was going from apartment to apartment to apartment looking for somebody who wasn't going to freak out and, you know, run screaming out the door. Which honestly well, could right. be the case. Or if she was confused, since it was the apartment building right behind his, maybe she was looking for her apartment and was a little lost. You know, that could be too. I mean, I don't know. I got to imagine committing suicide is a pretty tyrannic experience. One I will never know. And uh, unless we get somebody who has a near-death experience from trying to take their own life and lives through it and can actually talk to us about it, which would be when we do the near-death experience show somewhere next year, um, I, 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 you know, I want to do that like two hours on that show and actually get eyewitnesses. And I think that'd be a great show. You know, people actually tell us their stories of what happened. And if we find somebody who tried to take their own life and, and lived through it, I mean, one of my fraternity brothers tried to kill himself, cut his wrists the long way, but he, I, but he didn't officially die. They got to him. His roommates got to him in time. It was close. But I don't think he actually passed away and then was brought back. So we'd have to find somebody who actually, like, you know, either OD'd, maybe, and they, you know, pumped their stomach or whatever, and that, like, they actually were coded for a little bit. I don't know. We'll have to do some digging to find somebody. Yeah. I I, I honestly, just to kind of finish up my little thing, I don't yeah, think the, yep. I don't, I, I don't think the infinity symbol really is at all that pertinent to the story. Yeah, it's cool. I just don't think that it was like trying to give you a message or anything like that by flashing the sign at you. Um, now, if it would have been like a middle finger, like I would have been all over this case. Like I'd be like, I want to go to this apartment like now because my people are there. <laughs> but um, anyway, that, 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 that's all I got for, for, for the infinity sign orb. All right. Um, I agree with Mike. I really don't have much to add. I'm just going to say if this really happened, if this is a real experience, I that is an amazing orb the size of a basketball <laughs> with all these other orbs surrounding it. I mean, that's that would be amazing to see. I've never seen one that big. I mean, the biggest or the actual biggest orb that I actually manifested in my presence. Um maybe got as big as a grapefruit. And I've seen multiple orbs, like actual orbs. Like, one, you know, I mean, you were at one of the cases with me when I was sitting in her bedroom and, you know, I heard the footsteps in the hallway and then all of a sudden I look in the hallway and I see this white ball just slow about the size of a golf ball just cruising right past the door, just minding its own business. And I watched it walk down the hallway and then just dissipate. So, um, you know, I've seen manifestation of energy like that, but... The size of a basketball. I don't know. I don't know if size has anything to do with the amount of energy being put into it, but since we're human beings and since that's kind of what our knowledge base is, the more energy you pump into something, I think it would get bigger. So it makes sense that if it's the size of a golf ball or the size of a basketball, that the one that's a basketball would contain substantially more energy or a larger energy signature of some type than the one that's the size of a golf ball, if that makes sense. But I've never heard of, I've never heard of something that big 
and then have 10 or 20 little ones around it. I, I agree with you. I think it sounds more alien to me. I, it doesn't I, sound I, like that's like a ghost spirit to me. Right. So I, I, I want to just put out a disclaimer for what I'm about to say that I, I do not, uh, I, I do not agree with <laughs> the language in which I'm about to use this. It just came to mind. And, uh, I, and it, contextually goes with what we were talking about here but i remember a uh a joke a joke from married with children that al that al bundy would say and those of you who don't know what married with children is shame on you it's an amazing show shame on you but um al bundy who works in a shoe store uh hates his life blah 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 but he comes home and he he goes a fat woman came into the shoe store today and she was so large, she had three smaller women orbiting around her. And <laughs> I think that's funny. But, okay, so it, anyway. It is funny. But, but um, I'm, I'm wondering if this basketball of an orb and the smaller orbs going around it was in some way as what we would call a collector. Like those were each individual people, but the larger basketball had was drawing them in, you know, kind of a uh, soul collector kind of. Well, yeah, the collector Um, Mm -hmm. and that he he or she or whatever this entity was with the basketball, you know, had these other smaller entities with it, you know, to, to keep it that strong. You know that sort of thing. Um, again, I don't think the end, uh, the, the infinity symbol meant anything. Maybe he just wanted to impress press the guy. I don't know. But um, that's what it was. We're gonna re- let's mess with this guy instead of doing something scary. Let's just do the infinity symbol and then bolt to the ceiling, uh, bolt to the apartment upstairs. Yeah, he should he should have done like a happy face or something like that. Like that would really have impressed me. You know, I don't. I, if he had his phone, he should have got a picture of it because that would have been a phenomenal photo. So I, yeah, I agree. So that's one of those moments, though, where like you're watching it and you're kind of transfixed watching it, and then it's only there for a couple seconds, and then it goes away, and then you're like, "That was amazing!" And you start talking about it, thinking about it, your brain processes it, and then you go, "Damn it, I should have pulled my phone out," you know? Because that would be me. Like I don't think to grab my phone every time I see something odd. Well, right, so. and I, I I know our good friend Doug talks about, um, and I've 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 read stories of Bigfoot encounters of people who've stared at them for like five minutes, but never mm-hmm. go to reach for their damn phone, you know, mm-hmm. the entire time. And I think one story I read said that he was like at their window for like nineteen minutes, but nobody got a photo and nobody got video, and because nobody bothered to go for their phone. And um, I don't know, it's weird, but apparently it happens. It happens. I had a group of friends uh, a couple of years ago that uh, had a UFO encounter, and all three of them had, you know, the latest, greatest iPhones or smartphones or whatever. None of them thought to pull their phones out. Lasted two or three minutes. They all watched this amazing UFO dancing around in the sky and change shape and, like, move and, turn. you know, all this shit they're telling me. And I'm like... Where's the video? Uh, yeah, we didn't think to. <laughs> we didn't think to do it, and I, I believe them. I mean, I, I you know, there's no reason for them to tell me they had an encounter if they didn't. So, but 
you know, it's one of those kind of things that you're transfixed on it and all of a sudden you don't, uh, you don't pull it out. So, all right. So moving on to number four, so we can get here to finish up tonight. Uh, so <laughs> it's a number four, am I being followed? Uh, so it starts. So I've had paranormal stuff happen to me a lot since I was like eight. Um, I've always felt the scary presence in the corner of my room, uh, since I was eight years old, uh, weird things happened like, uh, things moving and disappearing books, flying off shelves. And once all the frames I had on the wall fell at the same time and, uh, Oh, also scratching under my bed. This happened between the ages of eight and 15. Well, I moved to a boarding school from 15 to 17 and even more things happened as it got stronger to the point I had to, I had sleep paralysis. It was talking to me in my dreams, mimicking my friends' voices, and I could start seeing it while I was awake. My friends could see and hear it too once in a while, just not as much. We tried getting rid of it, but it got angry. After some heavy cleansing from an experienced person, I thought it left. Bright sliver of light came into my room and it left. Whole different story made me believe in angels. That's in kind of parentheses. So I go to college. Uh, 18 ages, 18 to 21. And it followed me, but it wasn't as strong until I turned 20. And then my roommate started feeling it too. And we all saw it once at separate times. I thought it was just a college suite with all the negative energy, but then we moved recently and I'm feeling it again, but this time it's weird. Like previously, all those experiences wouldn't have been weird. I guess now it's weird. Uh, I thought I was paranoid when this happened, but I was in my bed and I felt a strong presence in the living room area, but I could feel it move around from the living room to the kitchen and it entered my room at one point. I was frozen in fear. I felt an overwhelming amount of fear. Good use of the word fear there. Uh, anyways, this Halloween, I was talking to my roommate and boyfriend and they started talking about how they felt a weird presence in the same areas I felt. Sorry, this is a whole rambling thing, but I don't know what to do. I've already cleansed the place. I've come to terms that I've had something attached to me, but I thought I got rid of it. And the college thing was just college related. Kind of lost me there. But now I'm wondering if I'm just doomed to having something attached to me. Has anyone experienced a weird presence following them? Uh, note, also, it sits in the back seat of my car. And sometimes I see it in my rearview mirror, but that's a whole different thing. <laughs> talk about that story later <laughs> we'll talk about that when we talk about the angels that showed up that uh took it away um okay so uh i'm gonna point out the obvious here um since you were eight years old somehow you got an attachment and this attachment has been attached to you your whole entire life and whatever they did to try and cleanse it uh, this experienced person that did a cleansing might have cleansed the room. And it sounds like they did because they brought light into the room, which caused this dark energy to leave. Um, so I would say that the person did their job as far as cleansing a space, but they did not cut the cords for your attachment. So I believe that once you have an attachment, do it, you can cleanse all the hell you want to. You have to cut that cord. You have to actually remove that presence from you. Um, if you take a look at this whole story, it started at eight. All through this story, it never left. You know, it wasn't as strong at times, but then, you know, all of a sudden it shows back up with a huge presence in college. 
uh, it showed up with force when she was at the boarding school, uh, mimicking her friends' voices. You know, other people are seeing it. Um, negative energy all throughout the college suite. Um, thinking she was paranoid. Uh, but then she says, I was frozen in fear. Um, so anyway, um, somehow you got an attachment there, honey. And you need to go see somebody who can remove an attachment by cutting cords, like our friend Cena does. Um, I would say that this is serious. I would say that this is a strong entity. I would say that if this thing has the ability to sh- come and sit in the backseat of your car and travel with you and you look in the rearview mirror and see it, if other people that are not afflicted by it see it and hear it, uh, and it's doing the exact same thing that you're saying it's doing, you've got a serious attachment. And I would do everything you can as quick as you can to get rid of it. Hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with you. On if, if it is an attachment, definitely needs to cut the cord. Not just, not just some smudging, you know. Um, but, I mean, that's why we say we need to do an investigation. We have to de- realize what we're dealing with so we can choose the proper, uh, you know, the proper remedy. And right. sometimes, sometimes a cleansing is not the proper remedy. And, right. but just to, 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 to fully, to fully, uh, you know, look at this, I'm wondering just to, to throw out all kinds of theories here. If yep. we're, we're, we're talking about not an attachment, but just different entities, you know, eight is really young to get an attachment um, especially for somebody who is obviously not into like Ouija boards and stuff to get an attachment. And, you know, if you look at the stories, they just, they seem to be different. Like when she was in her, her you know, eight to 15, she had books flying off shelves, you know, frames falling off the wall. She had all of the things moving and disappearing. She had like a lot of physical stuff. And then she yeah. moved to, she moved to college and it was just well, no, boarding school or boarding, whatever. Cause she's, she, yeah. Well, I'm just saying if you're going transitionally age wise, when she went to boarding school, she said it, it had things happen and it got stronger, but different. I mean, if you look at this point, you know, where I had sleep paralysis talking to me in my dreams, mimicking my friends voices. And I could start to see when, when she was awake, but no moving objects. You know, no things flying off the shelves. I mean, it's all different stuff. And but then, that could be transitional from the spirit. The, so the attachment could be transitioning to doing something different because it's not maybe the things it was doing isn't causing the effect that it's trying to cause. Yeah, but I wouldn't see. I mean, yeah, it could be transitional, but it's not. It's not an upscale like it's not doing more. Like I would think the stuff flying off the shelves and moving things and disappearing would freak people out a lot more than hearing your friend's voice call your name or that you can see it in your dreams. Like I would just, I would think that that was actually a step backwards. And I'm I'm not saying that, that this all is different entities. I just think that it's weird that every transition that she went to 
it was something different. It, like right. there's, there, there is no simul beyond just the bad similarity. Feelings, there's no similarities. And right. Um, so you're saying that since the books were flying off the shelves at home, if it was the same entity that when she got to college, that she would have similar experiences of books falling off a table or magazines getting tossed around a room or something that was similar to what was happening between the ages of eight and 15 while she was at home. Well, I mean, come on. I mean, even musical artists, you know, love to play the hits every once in a while. You know, it's, I I think that if it's the same entity, it would still do certain things, especially that it would know would have terrified her. Like there's never been a scratching under the bed again. There's never been things flying off the shelves again. And I'm wondering if maybe she has some sort of innate abilities that is actually attracting stuff to her when she goes to a different location. And, and I'm not saying that, that I'm, I'm absolutely right. I'm just to put out all the theories. I, the only thing that I find weird about this is that in none of these cases is anything the same as it was before. That would just lead me to believe that we're dealing with something different every time. So, I mean, there are people out there that, that are so open well, I would say that, that they are so open that they just invite attachments, you know, whether they want to or not. It's just easy to attach to their energy. Well, I, I was going to say she must be like a nuclear core then, if going on your theory, because every place she goes, different locations, whatever, every place she goes, she's having some major activity. I mean, that's all that everything that's happening to her would be considered to be major activity. That's not minor activity in any of those locations. So if she then she must have like this, she must be like the one in 10 million that has some sort of energy within her that is just like a like I said, like a nuclear cell that is just drawing incredible amounts of of huge activity to her well i mean and if that's the case then we need to meet her because that would be one hell of a person to like meet and stuck and hang out with and and i don't want to say study in the sense of like (laughs) lab rat study you know but it would be interesting to hang out with them and experience the things that they're that she's experiencing you know to be there to witness the things that are going on and see if she is terrified or to see if she's just to the point now since it's been happening for 15, 16 years, whatever, 18 years, if she's just to the point where, like I was, yeah, okay, there's another book thrown off the shelf, you know, okay, there's, you know, the glass just broke in the kitchen, the, you know, the cabinet door open, the refrigerator door's open again, you know, it's just like, okay, you just get up and you just address, you just take care of it at that point, because it's been, ha- it's happened so many times, it's not a big deal anymore. So I wonder if that's, I wonder if that is how she is. I mean, if that's what's happening. I get what you're saying. I still, to me, I still think it's an attachment and that whatever it is, is following her and is just adapting itself to her age or to what it feels would be influencing her. Like, what what, what could I do now that she's 18 versus when she was eight? What can I do now that she's 22? What can I do now that she's in this group of people who are all in their early 20s? 
that aren't children anymore. So they're not as afraid as they would have been had I got to them all when they were seven, eight years old. You know, I don't know that it's negative. I guess that's the only thing I don't know because I'm not seeing any type of attacks. Right. Exactly. And and not, I honestly, I don't think that something negative is going to follow you around for 15 years and not kick your ass once or twice. Exactly. And you know, the, you know, the, it, it even says here, like in the college suite, all it is, all she was reporting is a presence. Like it, it almost seems like everywhere she goes, it gets weaker and weaker and weaker. And now it's just, you know, it's just something people feel. And I don't well, know. Well, she did say negative energy. And then she said, I was frozen in fear and I felt an overwhelming amount of fear, which I complimented her on her use of the word fear. Right. Especially twice in the same sentence. So. Right. Right. Okay. All right. Well, that's all I got because I right. want to move on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I spoke my piece on it. So get some help either way because something's going on with you in your life. All right. So uh, here's our next one. Number five. Help with what may be a haunted house. My boyfriend and I own a home in a neighborhood near Detroit, Michigan. You're definitely in a haunted house. The house was built in 1915, and we have lived here for a little over three years. For the most part, it's been pretty chill. Nothing too weird. However, in the last year, things have been getting a little creepy. It started small, like seeing a figure out of the corner of your eye or in a mirror, and when you look back, it's gone. Then the TV would turn on and off, or the lights would switch on and off. It's recently escalated, like our bedroom light turning on while we're sleeping. Uh, we both wake up and the light turns back off before the, either of us get up to the switch. My boyfriend has woken up in the night and seen a figure standing in the dark that quickly disappears. Last Thursday, I woke up screaming. And not woke up and started screaming, but woke up because of the noise I was making. And standing over me was a figure. I could describe his face in detail uh, with his hands up like a, okay, okay, chill out. Uh, that that then backed up and disappeared into the dark. Yesterday we were sitting on the front porch and a man we've seen go into the house across the street and down a few doors approached us. He told us his mom uh, lives in the house across the street and he lived there as a kid in the seventies. He told us at that time the house was abandoned and in bad shape and he would see a light on in the house at night when there was no electricity in the house. He was insistent the house was haunted. What do I do? I don't necessarily think a ghost is scary as long as it's not doing scary stuff. And for the most part, it's just unsettling. However, it does seem to be escalating. Is there a, a way to help everyone to chill out uh, so we can go back to cohabitating comfortably? Do I need to talk to someone about getting them out of here? Um, thank you for any invite you may have. So I think just really quickly, again, I think there's activity. I don't. I don't, I don't think you're being haunted. Uh, I just think you have activity. I, I also think that, especially if it's in one of those like, whoa, okay, I see you're awake. Sorry to startle you. Sorry for me for spying, you know, for standing over you in a creepy manner. Um, mm -hmm. I honestly just think that you should probably either A, get a paranormal team, a reputable paranormal team out there to just kind of communicate with the spirit, not to move them on or not to, you know, give them shit or anything like that, but just to 
plead your case that, hey, maybe you should not be around these people like when their bedroom, you know, stop with the lights, blah, blah, blah. Um, right. If you don't, if you don't want to do that, um, I would uh, then I would talk to it yourself and be like, hey, here are the rules. I understand you're here. I don't think you need to leave. You're not hurting anybody. You're you're just kind of creeping us out. Here's our new rules for you to stay here. If that's what you want to do, leave us alone. Do not come into our room when we're in our room. Do not come anywhere around us when, when we are here. Um, you know, as, as stop you like, turning the light switch on when we're sleeping. <laughs> well, right. But I mean, that, that kind of just goes with the whole, uh, leave me alone. Um, right. You know, type, type of thing. But yeah, as you like to say, Dave, set your boundaries. Right. Yeah. Okay. I can tell you for a fact it works. So, um, I agree with Mike. Um, I, I don't, they're not being haunted at all. I, there's an entity in the house. Um, I, I totally think it's just there and it's just trying to make contact with you. And it's kind of the feeling I get from the way this is written is it's just trying to make contact with you to say, Hey, don't forget about me. This was my house in 19. Well, it was built in 1915. So, this was, I built this house in 1915, you know, or it, my dad did. And then when he passed away, I lived here with my wife and my family for 40 years, you know? And so it's, it's nice that you took, it's nice that this house was abandoned and neglected and, you know, basically forgotten about. And maybe they're just coming back to say, you know what, thank you very much for bringing this house back to life because it really meant something to us when we were alive. That's what I, that's what I think is happening here. You know, especially with the fact that the place was abandoned and just like a crack house. And now it's got love in it and energy in it and positivity in it. And that the spirit is just trying to come back and say, thank you, really, is what I think is happening. And it's just not matching up. You know what I mean? It's, it's doing one of these. Instead of doing this, it's doing one of these because it's hard to get the, the perfect connection. So, um, so I think everything is fine. I wouldn't be freaked out. And I would set your boundaries and uh, and then everything else that Mike said. And I'm going to skip number six and save it for next week. Um, and Mike, go ahead and take the uh, last one. <laughs> All righty. Um, witnessed event. Everybody, if, if just hold on to your horses here. So, uh, you know, strap in because shit's about to get real. So, all right. <laughs> I live in a building that was built in 1809. I was having a conversation with my boyfriend in the living room. Well, he did an emotional exchange about our future. He said he's thought about breaking up, but doesn't want to. Just as he said that, we heard this weird alien gasping for breath noise coming from my bedroom. He started to get nervous. I was like, it's probably just my radiator. Uh, I got up and walked towards my bedroom. As I approached, it definitely didn't sound like my radiator. My boyfriend stood in the doorway and I walked into my bedroom, turned on the light. My vibrator, which was sitting on my bedside table, had turned on to the highest setting. The strong vibrations were pushing the device to move in perfect circles, hence the weird noise, uh, around my water bottle. My boyfriend was so spooked I thought it was so cool. This is not the first encounter I've had in this place, but this is the first one where I had someone around to witness it. 
Okay, there is a lot to unpack here, people. Okay. <laughs> First, we're going to take the relationship, okay? Because I, 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 am, I, I am the relationship doctor here. If the boyfriend says he's thought about breaking up but doesn't want to, you need to break up with him, okay? He's just waiting for something. He has no other options. Like, that's pretty much what that means. He just has no other options for him to go. As soon as he does, he's out the door. You might as well just get rid of him now. He's worthless. He's a, a, a moron. Okay, with that said, I think that whatever spirit is in your house, if there is a spirit in your house, was probably trying to tell you the exact same thing and to, you need to start getting used to using your vibrator again. Okay? That's what I think it was trying to tell you. Or maybe it was a deceased loved one. I don't know. I don't know about your life. But I definitely think that um, maybe just spitballing here, you probably shouldn't leave your vibrator sitting on your bedstand. Maybe in a drawer or something like that. Under a pillow. I don't know. I, I guess you're very, very proud of this. Um, especially one that has multiple speeds. I don't know a lot about vibrators, okay? <laughs> this one this one has multiple speeds to it. Um, obviously gets used. Just, just going to point that out there. So if even if you have a boyfriend and you still prefer, you know, little Frankie, um, maybe you should just find a new boyfriend. That's all I got. <laughs> that is a perfect way to end stories tonight. I don't You're have welcome. anything. You're welcome, everybody. <laughs> all right. Um, well, we're going to go to commercial then, now that, that we have gotten that out of the way. Um Ladies, just don't put up with our bullshit, okay? If we say stupid shit like that, just get rid of us, okay? All right. Anyway, we're going to go to break. <laughs> and when we come back, uh, we will have the great Chris Williams with us. Uh, very much looking forward to that. So uh, we will see you on the other side. Uh, you are listening to the Odyssey Files here on the Iron Range Radio Network and the Cosm Network. Hi, Tom Bodette. If you can hear me, then you have an internet connection, which means you can do cool things online, like listen to streaming radio, obviously, or watch a video of a monkey washing a cat. Let your freak flag fly. Or you can book a room at a great price at motel6.com. Isn't the internet wonderful? Everything you want right at your fingertips, and whoa, did not need to see that. <clears throat> I'm Tom Bodette from Motel 6, and we'll leave the light on for you. Unexpected reactions to smart financial decisions brought to you by FeedThePig.org. Well, I finally did it. My student loan is totally paid off. I can't believe it. I can't believe it either. I paid more than the minimum each month, and soon enough, it was gone. So you're just giving up? Giving up on what? The life of luxury. Egyptian cotton, caviar Thursdays, designer everything. What are you talking about? Our plan. What happened to winning the lottery and mastering the art of the perfect mimosa? Hosting galas, wearing enough jewelry to require a bodyguard, vacationing in the French Riviera, and then buying it. I just thought maybe it was time to prepare for my future. You know, set some financial goals. 
goals. Make some smart investments. Open a 401k. Financial goals? Investments? A 401k? You are horrifying right now. Listen, if winning the lottery were easy, everyone would do it. When it comes to financial stability, don't get left behind. Get tools and tips for saving at feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. Northern Tool and Equipment. So me and the boys head out to tailgate today and find some other fans in our spot. Well, it happens. Yeah, cheering for the wrong team. Oh, this is war. Even worse, they've got this couch set up and everything. A couch? Yeah, it's a uh, sectional. All right, first thing, don't ever use the word sectional again. Done. Second, I want you to grab a 4,700-pound tow chain with J-hook and grab hammer. Throw that on the back of your truck. Got it. Now you're going to hail Mary the J-hook over the end of that couch. Time to find a better spot for your new friends. That should do it. There's no problem. A little horsepower can't solve. Northern Tool and Equipment. Taking a family of five to the amusement park can cost a small fortune. Oh, yeah. So to save some money, we thought, hey, let's bring the amusement park to us. Yeah. Go ahead. All right. Uh, step right up. Step right up, young man. Are you ready to ride the wacky waterfall? That's just the bathtub with the shower head running. Nope, it's the wacky waterfall. It's the shower, Dad. Waterfall. Wacky. There's an easier way to save. To get a free rate quote, go to Geico.com. Then buy online, over the phone, or at your local Geico office. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ballin' street? Growing street! <gasps> It's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text, stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. This is Dustin Perry from Ghost Hunters, and you're listening to Dave and Mike on the Odyssey Files. It's not the best show you're ever going to listen to, but it's also probably not the worst. And we are back! So, welcome back to the Odyssey Files. I am your host, as always, Michael O'Neill, and my co-host, as always, Mr. David Sawyer. So, we want to bring in our guest immediately because we wanted to to have all the time possible so ladies and gentlemen from ghost hunters ghost hunters international the great chris williams yes (laughs) good i'm glad i'm I'm glad that worked (laughs) (laughs) Uh, oh my goodness you gotta love tech sometimes it just doesn't agree with you at all no no it does not but thank you for we know (laughs) Uh, but thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. Uh, I, I know Thanks that Dave and I uh, have been really looking forward to talking with you for a very long time. Um, oh, thank you. So, since we have you, I guess let's start out because um, one of the things that I do in, in my office is every Friday, especially, um, we we take like an hour or so out of the day, out of the afternoon, just kind of wind down after the week. And we've been watching the the first couple seasons of ghost hunters and we, okay. we we've gotten to the point obviously where, where you have joined the crew oh god i was a baby <laughs> we, we, we were we oh. were all back we were all back then um yeah. but yes. uh um 
I, I guess the first question that I want to ask is, you know, what was your experience with the paranormal before actually coming on the show? Or, or was that as legit as it looked as you were just starting out? I was honestly just starting out. We, I mean, my family had stories that got kicked around, experiences we all had. Uh, my mom grew up in a house that was supposedly haunted. I say supposedly because <laughs> up until, I think, July, my grandmother still lived there. And I had never had anything happen to me in that house. But I know my dad did and my mom did. And my aunts and uncles had stories. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I didn't know that there were people out there intentionally looking for this stuff. It wasn't until I met Jane Grant that I, um, learned there were weirdos <laughs> out there doing what we do. And, um, they hadn't had the show yet. So they kept trying to get me to jump in because they knew I had a history in that, um, a background in history. I was more of a history lover and genealogy, um, obsessed nut. And they felt that that would fit in well with what they were doing as far as trying to figure out what went on in locations and who lived there, died there, events that took place there, that sort of thing. So it was kind of just a natural fit. Um, but, yeah, I didn't have any experience with investigation. So so yeah. looking back to when you actually got out in the field, what were your expectations? I really didn't know what to expect. Um, when I, it was weird. So Jay and Grant had asked me several times to join and several times I said, no, I didn't want to do it. <laughs> I was, I'm like, no, I don't want to be a ghost girl. No, I don't want to do this. No, 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 no. It was one thing to say, okay, and hang out on investigation behind the scenes, but I just didn't want anything to do with the show early on. Um, and then I had a year, uh, 2006, uh, we had five people pass away in a year um, from various different things. And they're all family members with the, were they all family? Yeah, all family except for one. And I didn't grow up in a church. I didn't have any sort of faith or background in the church. Um, so when they had finally asked again after all that, it was kind of like, okay, now I'll do it. It was just like I needed to know there was more to everything than just ending with death. Um, the whole thing was, <laughs> it was, it was really odd. I, I don't know. It, it's, it's been, it's been a crazy ride. I'll say that much. But. So, so one of the, so you were just looking, I was just going to follow up quick. So you were kind of looking for a possible explanation as to whether life goes forward. After yes. after 2006 and the passings of like family members or loved ones, I yeah, I mean, I wanted to know that there was more to death than just ending. But at the same time, I'm very much a fact based person. You know, with genealogy, you have records to go off of. Um, so when I got in, I was very much like, you know, there are other people like me out there that are trying to figure this out that aren't into the church, and maybe they are, um, but. I wanted to take it very seriously and I wanted to take it very honestly because I was somebody I don't do well with being lied to. <laughs> so I didn't want to put myself in a position where I was lying to other people who are looking for the same sort of answers that I was. Um, that's something I really took to heart. Um, but yeah, it was just kind of the right, right time. It was just a, a weird spot in my life. Like I said, I'd said no a million times before that. <laughs> it was just stars aligned and I ended up with the boys. So, 
So yeah. one of the questions that I ask, I've asked my investigators um, many, many times, and that is the expectations that you had going into it, as opposed yeah. to what what you actually got when you got out of the field. How did that differ yeah. from you? Because yours is going to be a little different because not only did you have the actual paranormal investigation, but you had a TV show following you around. Mm. So, I mean, yeah. how, how, I really how did that differ? I, I mean, I really didn't know what to expect. Um, you know, the camera crew at first kind of throws you off. Uh, it's not a large crew, but it's still, most people aren't used to having a camera in their faces um, at work. So that was kind of something you had to get used to. Um, after a while, though, it became pretty natural because we worked with the same people all the time. So we became just as close to the crew as we were to our own um, investigators and our, our you know, teammates. Um, and they, in a way, became investigators themselves after a while. They'd, they'd hear certain claims. I remember there'd be times Amy and I would be investigating and we'd hear <laughs> one of the audio guys go, you guys need the temperature gauge. They said cold spots. I'm like, oh, crap. So we run back out to the van to grab whatever it was we need because they they were just used to hearing all the same stuff day in, day out. They were used to our investigation style. So after a while, you forgot that the crew was even there um, or you just felt like a camaraderie even with them because we were all kind of on the same team and they were really cool and really respectful of what we did, even if they didn't believe in it themselves. They really liked our approach and they, they respected the approach. So the crew, like I said, first few investigations, it took a little while to get used to. Um, that after a while, you forget that, that they're there and you investigate in the dark. <laughs> so outside of their IR, um, you you don't really see them. So th that kind of made it easy to um, investigation was I didn't know what to expect because I'd never been on one before. Um, and I don't know, I would say I was open minded because like I said, I had experiences in the past. Um, but I really didn't know what to expect going in. I, I, you know, I, I didn't know what to expect. <laughs> it was just a clean slate, new, weird thing I was jumping into and I was just kind of ready for it. But yeah. What, what was your aha moment? Like, what was the moment that, yeah, well, like your, like your first, you know, like mine, my first aha moment, like I grew up in a paranormal setting. So I'm one of yeah. those kids that about age three or four, the house was on fire. Everything was going nuts. I was the target <laughs> of this thing. And, and I, and that's how I grew up all the way till I moved out. Um, yeah. So like growing up in it is why I'm in it now is because I try to work with families with kids that are having issues so that the, the so that they can feel better about themselves and not be scared to death of their own house. Yeah. Um, so, like, what was your moment? Like, one of my first, my first one that I could really think of, like, that I was just like, holy crap, this really is real, was a full body apparition showing up in my bedroom. Yeah. You know, like, what, what was your moment where you were like, oh, I guess everything that I heard stories might be true, you know, like, maybe they weren't telling me the truth type of thing. Yeah. I mean, like I said, <clears throat> I had some stuff growing up happen. So I wasn't a complete non-believer, but I still consider myself skeptic first. Um, but as far as with the show, my first big thing that happened actually wasn't on camera. It was um, at the hotel room. <laughs> um, 
Actually, no, no, there was one before that too. Crap. Um, well, tell us both. Okay, so the first one we were at Waverly Hills for a live show Halloween. Uh, I was working with Dustin. It was my second time working with him. I love him, by the way. Um, we had been working in the body shoot, and we kept hearing footsteps and seeing sounds from the bottom of the tunnel. So we hike our, all the way down there. Then we'd hear it all coming from the top. <laughs> so we go right into the top. And if you guys have been in there before, you know, it's just slanted stairs on one side, sloped on the other. And it's exhausting going up and down these damn things as much as we were. So I had said to Dustin at one point, I'm like, you know, we should just set up in the middle and then we have half the distance to go because we couldn't figure out what was going on. So <laughs> we're standing there. And Dustin was swinging his flashlight. So it was one of those deals where there's light in front of you and then there's not. <laughs> right. And I went to put my hair up. And at the same time, we both saw this like dull ball of light. Um, it was probably about the size of a soccer ball, maybe a little smaller. And it was rolling down the tunnel towards us. Immediately, we both thought animal because, I mean, what else would be charging down a tunnel? Um, right. So we jokingly call it now the ghost skunk. Um, but we both immediately thought skunk or something. And, but then it was about two feet in front of us. We both saw it at the same time. We both yelled at the same time. And then about two feet before it got to us, it just like flattened and it was gone. So that was weird. Um, weird. and then at the end of the night, yeah, was um, at the end of the night, we ended up on the very top floor where they have that extra Walden area, but then they have the open roof for the rest of it. And we're in the Walden space. Camera crew was gone. Live show was done. It was just Dustin and I up there collecting our stuff. And I remember there was just shit all over the floor. Like anywhere you stepped, you heard crunching. Just crunching sounds. So we were both standing still. I was winding up um, some of the cords. And I started hearing the crunching like somebody was walking around us. And I was, I mean, we. I started in August. This was in October, so I wasn't there very long. And I remember <laughs> saying to Dustin, I'm like, Dustin, <laughs> he's like, I know, I hear it, I hear it. <laughs> he's like, just calmly grab everything so we don't have to come back up here again. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So we both had our arms full of stuff, like overflowing because <laughs> we didn't want to have to go back up. <laughs> and we're going down the stairwell. We came out on the first or second floor. I can't remember where we were set up. But we passed the first room on our left, and we heard footsteps in that room. And I'm just like, what the heck? So we start walking a little faster. And then we passed the second room on the left. Same deal, footsteps in the room. We started walking a little faster. And then it went from running, stomping, heavy footsteps right up, like running up behind us. And I'm thinking, okay. Jay or Grant are screwing with us, like, show's done, so they're probably just trying to scare me because I'm new, and I remember looking at Dustin, and his eyes were like this, so I'm like, okay, this isn't cool, <laughs> so I turned around, there was nobody, there was nobody on the floor, there was no one, so that was probably, like, my first big on-the-job experience, but, um, yeah, <laughs> no cameras there to catch it, and then the other one was in a hotel when we were shooting with St. Augustine. And that one I was definitely not ready for. We were, um, we did the return of, and we were in this hotel all week. 
hotel wasn't supposed to be haunted. Um, and I remember the last night I was sitting up in bed. The only two light sources in the room were the TV right in front of me and my computer that was just to the left on the desk. And I had just turned the TV off. I sat there for a second and I saw a shadow figure for the first time. It walked um, right to left in front of my computer. I remember it blocking out the light from my computer. <laughs> I was sitting there like, what the hell? So I was like internally panicking, like this does not make any sense. So I chose to ignore it. And I remember lying down and do you know how like if you have your alarm, the old alarm clocks, you have them on, but the sound's all the way down, you get the high pitched hum. Mm -hmm. I was getting that. And I never use the alarm clocks in the room. I had always used my phone. I hadn't heard that all week. So I was like, okay, that's kind of weird. So I got up and I shut it off. And as soon as my head hit the pillow, my lamp turned on. And I was just sitting there like, okay. But I was also very stubborn because at the time I was the only female um, cast and crew. And the last thing I wanted to do is call the boys up and be like, I'm afraid of my room. <laughs> so I just kind of sucked it up. I didn't even tell them about that until like years later too. It was weird. But yeah. Do you think that was just somebody from the lighthouse that was just checking in on you? I or do you think it was something in the hotel? Don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. It was so random. It was so unexpected. Um, the shadow figure thing is probably one of the cooler things I've experienced. And I've only had that happen, a, I think only a couple of times. Um, but yeah, it's just so weird. You know, I remember when I first started, the guys would say, oh, the shadows are darker than the dark. And like, that doesn't make any sense. Um, but once you see <laughs> to it, it makes Till you see one. Sense. Yeah, as I say, till you see it. And you're like, yeah. what the hell? Why is yeah. that darker than the rest of the room? Yeah. Yeah. And you can clearly see where it starts and stops. And I was saying to yeah. somebody, it looks like one of those full body shooting targets, like the silhouette. Yeah. Just walking through your room. It was the weirdest thing. Yeah. But, yeah. So I used to think that too. With, like, how could it be darker than the dark? I used to think that too until I saw my first shadow figure, and I'm like, "Holy shit!" Now <laughs> that is that. I thought it was dark in here, but that is like true darkness. You yes. know, like it. It was almost like it was in daylight, like a person walking in daylight. When I the first one I saw, it was like okay. black versus light gray, but the room wasn't yeah. light gray; it was black. You know, yeah. So it was, yeah. It's amazing when you see it. It is. It's wild. It's absolutely wild. And it's funny because the second one that I saw, we're at Iron Island and we had just had a new camera guy start, like just start first night. And he was shadowing the other camera guy to kind of see how it all worked. And I remember <laughs> we we're doing a little mini interview with Kristen Garland and way down behind her was the, the entranceway to this building. Um same thing shadow figure came out of one corner and as it passed the front door we heard the door unlock and then it disappeared in the next but the best part of it was the camera guy he's like oh my god i'm like did you see that he goes it was a man i'm like yeah it was a man wasn't it so i thought he was gonna probably quit after that last that that one but he stuck around for quite a while i was kind of surprised but yeah well, i have two i i, I have two questions now <laughs> So okay. we'll, we'll, we'll start with we'll, we'll start with one that we we're, we're actually just talking about. So one of the okay. things that that I have gotten 
constantly as an investigator and I have to do it, especially during interview processes, if give people the risks of, of being an investigator. One of which, which you were just talking about being followed home or being followed yeah. to a place other otherwise, you know, from where you were. How often does that, or has that happened again for you and how big of like how big of a worry is it for you that as you investigate more and more like that can be a, a something that happens it's honestly not something i've personally ever worried about um the thing is is like it's hard to say whether this thing followed me back to the hotel or something was up with the hotel too and we didn't know it i have no idea um, I did get a laugh out of it, though, because when I was full time with them on the road, I didn't bother having my own apartment because I was never home. So I just crashed at my parents' house and they used to like to blame me for any weird thing that happened in the house while I was away. <laughs> but we had had weird stuff happening in our, in our house, too, growing up. So, again, I, I don't know. I mean, I can't say for sure that that's ever happened to me or if there was just more to the place that I was, I don't, yeah, I don't know if it's like, like with St. Augustine, especially I didn't have anything personally happen there that I remember. I know I didn't see a shadow figure. Um, so I don't know if it's something that followed me back from there. If there's just something up with the hotel that I was in. Um, yeah, I don't think I really had an experience with it and it's not something I've ever been too concerned about either. Um, yeah, I don't know. Have you guys had it happen? Something follow you from one place to the next? Yeah. Dave, Dave, <laughs> Dave has, but they avoid me like the plague, so not really. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, but more than once I've had stuff follow me around. But, yeah, I mean, I've gone on investigations. When I first thing that we do, we walk into the location and click on the, click on the recorder and don't even say anything, and I get a, hi, Dave. Yeah. It's like they're just waiting, like they were waiting for me to show up so they could come up and say hi type of thing, which is, I always thought that was strange. I was always like, I'd have always, I've asked that question hundreds of times to people I know and mediums and friends and chip coffee. And we've talked about it and, and a lot of other people that I've been like, do they know, like, are they waiting for me? Or is it like the same person that's following me around? That's just like, likes my energy. And they're just like, Maybe. Hey, he's going to Ashmore States next weekend. Let's go right over to Ashmore States. We'll meet him over there, you know, or he's going over here. Yeah. He's, you know, whatever. And I, I always thought I, I still haven't found an answer for it. I, I think it's weird. I think it's cool. Yeah. But I think it's kind of strange at the same time, you know, but yeah. it does bother me. I just walk in and always say hi. I'm always like, hey, hi. Like, yeah. If my fans are here, I just want to say hi, you know, autographs after the uh, weekend. <laughs> Mike is shaking his head because he's never had the experience. Because every place he goes is just like stone cold dead. No, that's that. That's not why I was shaking my head. I was shaking my head because yeah, you don't have fans on the other side. There's no autographs being signed. I don't know about that. We'll see when I get to the other side, and all of a sudden there's just a huge group of people that are like cheering and waving. I'll be like, yeah, we're all gonna go say hi to Mike all at once. We're, all, we're going in mass over to Mike's, and we're we're just all going to hang out in this house for like three days, and we're going to let him have a real experience. No, nope. <laughs> you, you know the rules: stay the hell out of my house, stay the hell out of my room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're right, Kim. I am the ghost magnet. 
Yeah, no, you're not. <laughs> That's okay. Um, all right. So, so to my other question, I wanted to talk about uh, the go back to the crew um, because I don't think that they get enough credit for what they do. And, no, they don't. And um, how were their reactions to things that you guys? Because one of the things that you you never really see is how they react to things. And I, I yeah. got to give them credit for their poise and, and the fact that they like stay on you, even with stuff happening all around you. Um, yeah. I mean, was there ever yeah. a time, was there ever a time where one of them just lost their shit because of something that happened to them? Um, I know there were, there were occasions before I started like the guy at the armory. I don't, I don't remember. It was the Springfield armory or something where the sound guys pack flew up kind of at him. I remember I that wasn't one. there for yeah. that. Yeah, I um, do too. But I think the most or the biggest reaction I've ever seen was at Iron Island uh, with the camera guy, Andy, that I was telling you about. He was like a set first day. He, he probably came in thinking, oh, this is going to be nothing. A bunch of wackos running around in the dark. And the next thing he knows, he sees a shadow person. So it was um, crazy. But yeah, I mean, they are awesome. Even, like I said, even if they don't believe in it at all, they've always been very respectful. Um, You know, if they drop something, they were quick to say that was me. So you don't have to worry about whether you're chasing something down that's nothing. Um, They... They were just, they were just great. They were good friends. They looked out for us on the road. Um, we'd all kind of hang out together too when we weren't working. Um, but when we're on an investigation, I mean, they're walking backwards in the dark, (laughs) you know, they're going upstairs in the dark. They are, you know, their focus is on us the whole time. And there are so many times where they could really get hurt. So we'd also try to kind of keep our eye out for things that might trip them up because we didn't want them getting hurt either. Um, but yeah, I mean, they they would be there through the whole thing with us. And, um, but yeah, the, the biggest reaction I saw from anybody on the crew was Iron Island. Andy had seen the shadow figure. And then shortly after we had gone into one of the side rooms that, so this place used to be a funeral home. It used to be a church and now it's a museum. So it's just full with all kinds of crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can talk about the history. You can also try to bring in the whole idea of things being attached to items with the place. They said that um, ashes remained in the basement that were unclaimed. Like there's this whole story around the place. I honestly rolled up and this was the last time I ever did this. I was like, this place is lame. <laughs> it used to be a funeral home. It used to be a church. It's now a museum. People are freaking themselves out. There's nothing here. This is so stupid. And I learned not to do that really quick. Do not judge a book by its cover because you could go to a place that's like the least suspecting and things go nuts. Or you could go to some big insane asylum and think things are going to go nuts and get nothing. Um, But yeah, this place, after the shadow figure, we end up in one of the front rooms that used to be a viewing room. And I am not somebody that usually goes off of feelings for a bunch of different reasons. But it was like the air got heavy in there and then it felt like you know, it, the only way I could think of describing it was it felt like there were 200 people in this little room and they kept getting closer and closer and closer. Like it just felt like the room was closing in as far as there's too many people in it, but there, there weren't, it was just four of us. Um, and I had voiced that to Kristen Gartland cause we were working together at the time. And after we we're done shooting, the sound guy came over and he's like, it's so weird. 
he's like, I was getting that feeling too. So to hear you say it when you did, it freaked me out. Um, but yeah, it's just the whole vibe of the room changed and it, it was almost suffocating. It was, the place was weird. Um, but yeah, the crew's awesome. They're, they're, they were always really good to us. Awesome. Um, Dave, I'd... no, I was just going to say it's, it's kind of that smothering effect. Cause I've been in locations where it happens like that, Yeah. where it, it's, it, it almost sucks the energy out of the room and you yeah, get this it was... dense it's like a dense sensation is the way I kind of it describe it. It's like heavier. everything gets a little heavier. You know, yeah, you feel pulled down a little bit. You feel yeah. like your energy dissipates a little bit and you kind of, you could feel it happening to you, but then you yeah. don't understand why it's happening. So you dismiss it and yes. you keep, and you continue doing what you're doing, but yeah. then it kind of comes back stronger. And it's like this wave, this repetitious wave until it's almost like it's trying to get your attention to the point where you're going to stop what you're doing and acknowledge what you're feeling. Yeah. Right. I mean, is that how you felt too? Yeah. Like when that happened to you? Cause that's what it feels yeah. like. It wants yeah, recognition. It, yeah. I mean, it came on, it's not something I experienced before, which is why I voiced it. And then shortly after it stopped. But yeah, yeah it was, it was a weird place for sure. Never experienced. So I have seen, like no, he never has. Uh, I, <laughs> I have seen some recent posts from you on Facebook um, <laughs> that, no, 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 no. It's a good thing that okay. make me think that you are kind of like a, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of the one in doubt, throw it out thing. I'll just, I've, I've said it for a long time. Like, um, you know, I don't like that phrase. I think that potentially there's evidence that that's potential evidence that just gets dismissed too easily. Um, and so I've always kind of been anti that phrase has been kind of like one of the things that I'm like, I I just don't agree with it. But, but that said, um, it seems like you are more of like, it really needs to be rock solid before I'm going to put my stamp on it. And and if I'm not correct, okay. As I say, if I'm not correct, if I'm misreading you, then just let me know that I'm wrong. But but yeah, it seems yeah. like that is what you're saying in some of the posts that I have seen. Yeah. Um, so is th- has that been something that is – It I don't think that that probably was there the whole time for you, like from the beginning. Is it something that's happened over time, over your investigative career, or is that something that now is just coming to the forefront because of all the crap that we see on TV? Um, that's the way to put you on the spot right there. (laughs) (laughs) Yes and no. I mean, this goes back to my genealogy stuff, right? I am used to finding records. I'm used to finding proof and photographs, records, some sort of documentation. I will not believe anything. I won't count anything as fact until I can back it up. So for me, like I said, when I first started, I had a sincere reason for why I wanted in. Um, that, that, like I said, I went from not wanting anything to do with it to being like, okay, I'm ready. Let's do this. I'm also someone that really does not like being lied to. I really do not like being misled. So for me, when I started, I was very, um, stuck on that. It's like, there are people like me watching at home. I refuse to mislead them. Like they need answers. I need answers. I might be here for my own personal reasons, but there are other people watching for the same reasons. 
And right. um, so I have always liked the when doubt because the way I look at it is there's too much being pushed through as evidence, especially today, especially today. It's insane. Um, so for me back then, when I saw that they, they couldn't fully be like, yeah, that's weird. We're going to push it aside. I was more prone to believe it and the team when something did get pushed forward because not every little thing is being pushed forward. Um, Steve especially is very hard on things. And I remember when I first started, <laughs> I didn't know what to make of him because he was kind of like hard to get to know. He was a little standoffish. He was very, very, very hard on evidence. Um, but I respected that from him a lot right away because I feel like, especially back then, there was a lot more skeptical people watching. And when you're a skeptical person and people are hard on things before they're finally like, yeah, that's weird, you're going to trust them. But if you're a skeptical person and everything that happens being put off as a ghost, which a lot of crap today is being pushed off as not even just ghosts, but demons, um, you start questioning everything and the whole freaking unravels. And I think that's the biggest problem today is we are in such a like, little danger spot where everything has been sensationalized. Everything is like a demon now. And I think when you're talking about the field in like a serious light, it's doing a lot of damage. And it yeah. drives me freaking nuts. <laughs> because when it gets into that space, it makes me regret having anything to do with it to begin with, which sucks. It was four solid years of my life that I took very seriously. And now it's just kind of like, it's going to kind of crazy town in a lot of ways. And it's, it's upsetting to see. So I actually would like to see more of that return, <laughs> the when in doubt kind of attitude, because um, I think things have gotten a little too loosey-goosey in a lot of ways these days. And I have a harder time believing things these days for that reason. I don't know. Uh, uh, okay, two things. One, you just became my new yeah. best friend. So okay. we've, we've talked tons and tons and tons of times. In fact, I even uh, just made my team a new t-shirt where on the back it says, it's not a demon. And yeah, it's cause it's not, but everybody believes that it is it's because not. that's all, that's all they see yeah. on TV now. Every, everybody, yeah. if people aren't getting attacked, it doesn't make the air. And yeah. Right. So I, I, I'm with you on that one. And I love the fact that you said that. That makes me so happy. Um, so <laughs> I, I want to get your opinion on this because Dave and I disagree and he knows what's coming. Uh-oh. And, and we've... <laughs> you know the problem? Okay, I'm just going to say this. I'm just going to say this, so I have to say it. He's looking for somebody to agree with him, which has not happened the last three attempts that he's made. That is right? so not true. So, so not true. That is totally 100% true. Go back and listen to the other episodes. There's, there's, so he is only, trying to find one, one person. person to agree with them so he can stand up and go, I told you so. I told you that was – I told you that you were wrong. That's exactly what he's hoping for. It's only been so one you other answer time. Tr- you answer, you answer okay. truthfully. You answer truthfully, and we'll see where it goes. I'm totally okay with it. He needs ammunition. Okay. He's searching Pressure's for hard. ammunition. <laughs> He is. He's searching for ammunition to point his finger at me and say, "I told you so." So Whatever. we'll see. Uh-oh. Okay, okay. So here we go. Do you, as an investigator, um, have a responsibility when you see people pushing evidence that you know is not actually paranormal, 
but they are pushing it as being yes. paranormal, like like dust in yeah. dust and DVRs as as spirits or something yeah. that that like a flashlight or whatever. When they're pushing it as paranormal evidence, and you know it is not, do you have the responsibility yeah. to call that out and yes. point out? Ah, yeah, woo! Yes, my thing. Here's my thing. If I am not there. I'm not going to call people out. I don't know what the hell happened. I wasn't there. I couldn't run through everything myself. It is there you go. If That's what you I said. There, That's exactly what I said. That's my I whole point. There, oh, no, Mike, don't be waving things off because that's exactly what my point was. If somebody see. comes up if, to me with a, if somebody comes up to me with a story and some sort yeah. of evidence, it is not my job to dismiss what they think happened and brought that to me and said, I huh. thought I heard my grandmother talking. I took this picture and I got this ball of energy. It's uh, not my well, job to say that that didn't happen and that maybe the picture they took, maybe there was something there, but I'm not going to say to them, this is a this is a ball of dust because I wasn't at the location. And who I am I to tell them that their experience didn't happen? Well, I mean, there's a line there. I am going to let her answer, but I had to clarify <laughs> because you're clapping your hands too goddamn quickly. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard in that one because like if somebody brings you a photograph of a dust ball and they're telling you it's grandma i feel like i have to be straight with them and be like listen 99.9 percent .9 of the time this is dust or it's a bug or it's water molecules or it's a strand of hair in front of your camera or it's your camera strap chances are it is not your grandmother you know you find the nicest way to say it to them but like me personally, I wouldn't want to be looking at some photo thinking my grandma's following me around. In reality, it's a piece of dust. So I like try to lightly guide them to the, this is how this works. Like it, and then I'll even say, was this taken from the camera? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. So you didn't see this with your eyes. No. I'm like, okay, well then most likely it's just your camera. And I'll go through the reasons of why cameras do this sort of thing. So you, it's, it's, it's a hard one. Um, yeah, it's a tough one. And it depends on the situation. But again, it goes back to me not wanting to be lied to. So I don't want to be like, oh, yeah, that's totally your grandma, even though I can see the wings on the bug and the legs. <laughs> I won't do it. I will I will lightly be like, oh, no, it's probably X, Y, and Z. But if it's a little more difficult than that, I don't like to say it is or isn't. And there's a few reasons. One, I wasn't there. But two, there's a lot of people out there trying to trick you with shit. And if you're right. like, oh, yeah, 100%, that looks real, it's real. And then they, next thing you know, it's online. Chris Williams said X, Y, and Z is real, but here's what I did to set it up. So, like, there's people trying to trick you and set you up. And then there's people you just don't want to let them down. Or you sometimes just honestly don't know. So I just don't like reviewing other people's evidence because if I was not there, I honestly can't go through all of the scenarios that could have caused whatever happened in their evidence um some people like to take that as i'm just a snob and i don't like looking at other people's stuff <laughs> it's just i wasn't there um so yeah it depends if it's orbs i am kind of ruthless um if it's other stuff i tend to just stay out of it that's fair which makes know. sense i guess you both and, kind of and, that right one. right and when we were talking about it i was not including the whole CGI faking shit, YouTube video sensational stuff. I'm talking about legitimate, yeah. 
like people coming up to you that said like they felt they had a legitimate experience and want to share it with you at a convention or something yeah. like that. Oh yeah, that happens. A all loved time. one showed up. Yeah, right. It happens a lot. So that was where yeah. Mike's and I conversation was. Not the whole YouTube sensationalizing. I need my yeah. fifteen minutes of fame because I'm a good creative editor for Photoshop or some whatever else, some video uh, program. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But even then, I've had people tell me their experiences. And if it's something that I know that could be debunked, I'll ask them. I'm like, oh, did you check, you know, the door? Did you check this side of the other thing? And kind of lead them right. in those directions. And sometimes I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I checked all that. They don't want to hear it. And I'm like, okay, fine. Right. Um, in other cases, they're like, oh, no, I didn't even think of that. And I'm like, cool, well, you know, check it out and let me know. Like, obviously, I'm on social media way too much. So <laughs> let me know how it turns out. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a touchy subject, but I always try to go back to what would I want to hear and I wouldn't want to be misled. So I think people know me enough at this point that they're probably not, I mean, I, I think they would expect that from me to some degree. I don't know. Hopefully. I would think so. <laughs> right. I would think so. Like I said, you, your presence is kind of like the, the debunker. You know, it needs to be some really rock solid evidence before I'm going to even think about putting my stamp on it, which is how I feel you are. Um, yeah. and, and you should be. And I think yeah. part of that in your, is, is personal. I think part of it is the position because you, you, you've got the presence of being on television and the presence of millions of people, or I would think millions of people having watched you on TV yeah. and, and then be like, okay, well, she's, you know, she's, uh, you know, an expert, you know, and I hate the term paranormal expert. So, so you know, I don't, I don't want to say expert because I'm never <laughs> going to call you a paranormal expert. Then that's Thank not, you. that's not any type of knockdown. I just absolutely no. hate the term paranormal expert I hate it too. because I hate you can't it too. be an expert in a field where we're all still investigating and we're all still young and we're all babies trying to understand what the hell's going on around us. Right. We right. And there's no way. Say. Right. Right. For there's sure never going to yeah. I'm not going to say there's never going to be a way to not do like the double blind study type of thing where we could prove it. But yeah. right now we're not at that stage. No. In, in our lives. We're not, at, we're not at that. And we're not going to be, depending on how we advance, if we advance intelligently, we're going to get there sooner. If <laughs> we continue, going, if we continue to run around, continue <laughs> to run around calling everything a demon, uh, we're never going to get there. Back so much, right? It's it it is. It's like going back to the black, stuff. right? Yeah, it, it's yeah. horrible. We've talked about it on every show, just about. Yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous. It's awful. It's ridiculous, and and everybody now that you talk to thinks that it's a demon in their house oh because God, they saw it on TV. Right, it kills me. And that's the thing too, as I've said that before. Like we were talking about when people come up to you and they tell you their story. There are certain words where I can feel my brain turn off and my eyes glaze over. And it's one portal. I hear that. I'm like, eh. um, and then demon for sure. And like, I'll have people be like, oh, yeah, every Tuesday on a full moon, like a demon jumps out from a portal underneath my bed, does the Irish jig and jumps into my closet. And I'm just standing there like, cool. That's wow. good. Because it's just like, because I'm a ghost hunter, I'm. I'm expected to believe everything. I think it's how some people think and they feel safe to tell you anything. Um, right. But it's just like, some of it is just like, 
it's so out there right now. Like, I don't even know what to do with half of it. <laughs> it's just, it's so different. It's so different. My, my team knows that there are certain topics and they do this for fun because they know that they're, they're, my face starts to twitch and they know they're going to get some, <laughs> they're, they're going to get some sort of rise out of me. And, yep. <laughs> and, and, and so I'm 100% with you on that one. But here's, here's my question then. Based on what you have seen, for good or for worse, mm -hmm. where do you think we're actually headed in the field? Are we headed in the right direction or are we completely screwed because we are going full on Hollywood? I feel like in a lot of ways it's gotten full-blown Hollywood, especially with the demonic stuff. And I think that that's setting us back. If you're in this for, you know, um, beyond this scare the actor if you're in it because you're you're honestly interested in it or you're passionate about it or you're at least taking it seriously i think it's putting us back quite a bit um, and i feel like in some ways if it keeps going the route that it's going it might collapse for a little bit because it's just going to get to the point where no one's going to believe any of it anymore and then we're going to be back to being the friggin' weirdos hiding the stuff um, and not wanting anybody knowing that we're doing it anymore, like back in the day. So it's just, it's really frustrating because there's so many cool things um, that I've experienced, but they're in no way demonic. They're in no way that in your face, um, but they're still cool as hell. Um, but it's just, yeah, it's gone in such a weird, weird direction. <laughs> um, and I think when it gets to the point where people don't know what to believe and don't feel like they can trust it or believe it, we're going to be back to where we were like, you know, however many years ago when um, the shows first started coming on. And I think that's why I was so, so skeptical back in the day with all the shows um, is because you had an audience of skeptics. We don't have an audience of skeptics anymore. We don't. Everybody yeah. believes everything. Nobody questions anything. Um, so, you know, you do have people that can get away with some really crazy shit. And when you're working in a field where you don't need hardcore evidence to say something's real, um, there's so much room for fraud. There's so much room for it, um, especially if people aren't going to question what's being put in front of them. Now, that's not to say the most honest investigator can't make a mistake. I know some of the most honest, right. straightforward people have made mistakes, and that's fine. That's going to happen in any field. Um, but like I said, when you don't have to prove anything... There's just so much room to screw with shit, and it's it sucks. It really sucks because it kind of ruins it for the rest of us. And like I said, it makes me regret putting four years of my life into something if it's all going to be turned into this bad joke in a, way, in a lot of ways. But, all right. So that said, and we feel the same yeah. way, um, that said, what is Chris Williams' solution moving forward? If you had control of the situation, what would you do to change where we are currently to take us to the positive step or, all right, so I won't say positive, to the next step, the transitional step <laughs> that we need to get to, to start getting back on track? I mean, I what would know. you, what would you do if you were in I charge know. of the whole thing? What would you do? I mean, I feel like in a lot of ways it almost has to collapse, which sucks. It's got to be like almost a do-over. The, the, got to do a rebuild type of thing? Stop. A total rebuild. The, the demon crap needs to stop. It just needs to stop. Yeah. And I think there's a lot more investigators. Like, And I don't even mean people on TV. I mean investigators who've been around long enough 
stepping forward and being like, this is bullshit because this is not like, sure, there could be demonic activity out there. And I say could because I have not experienced myself. However, I have people like John Zappas, who I trust wholeheartedly. I absolutely love Mm -hmm. that man. Um, And I trust him. However, when I question things, he tells me he doesn't hate me for it because he knows I haven't experienced it myself. So it's just kind of like I'm open-minded enough to know there's a possibility that demonic activity exists. However, for four straight years of looking for it on a daily basis as my life, I never ran into or accounted anything demonic outside of living, breathing people who can be absolutely horrid. (laughs) So it's just that the demonic stuff needs to be scrapped. Um, More people need to kind of speak out on it and not be afraid to be like, listen, enough's enough. Um, And then it's just getting back to being skeptical again and getting people to understand that being skeptical and questioning doesn't make you a hater. And I think in a lot of aspects in life today, you question anything, God forbid, and you're a hater or you're crazy Uh or you're just kind of written off. I don't know how many times I've had people within the field, and I'm not talking other investigators um, that I've worked with, but, you know, as soon as you question something, they just dismiss, oh, you're a hater. You don't believe in any of it. Uh It's like, wait a minute. I didn't say don't believe in it. And I can give you plenty of experiences that I've had that I still consider odd. But I cannot look at you with a straight face and tell you I know exactly how it works because I don't. So it's just like not being afraid to question, not being afraid to be skeptical, knowing that being skeptical and questioning is not hating things and just getting rid of the whole freaking demon thing. So it's just enough's enough. It's, it's overdone. Um, I think that's the biggest thing. I don't know. It's just it's so weird right now. It's really weird. You think it's fair to say that social media has kind of destroyed the paranormal field? I think it's destroyed beyond just paranormal field. Yeah. Well, I do too. I do too. Yeah. But I, yeah, don't get me started on that because you won't have anything so else. You won't, you won't get any more words in in the last nine minutes of the show if you get me started on, on that. But I'm just saying, do you think that that's like social media and everybody with their I need my five minutes of fame bullshit – has just has destroyed or or is making a very negative impact on our field yeah i mean there's a lot of people that are fame chasers and they're not afraid to yell demon because they'll get them some seconds of attention which sucks um again i don't think they're worried about what it's doing to to the rest of us on a larger scale and i don't think they really care which is unfortunate um it's just like i said there needs to be enough people not afraid of calling bullshit with that stuff like i said i i believe in the possibility of it i haven't experienced it myself but i know it doesn't happen as frequently as everybody likes to say that it does these days they make it sound like there's a demonic like some sort of demonic something in every house on every block and every town on every corner and it just doesn't work like that it doesn't so yeah three times in 40 years 40 years of (laughs) investigating three times i've had a demonic case so right Less than once a decade that I've run into something that was truly evil. Yeah. Like truly destroying souls. Yeah. So. And that's the thing too, is some people will be like, oh, well, you know, if it's mean, it's demonic. I'm like, no, I've met plenty of living people who are really mean and they're not going to be nice and deaf. It's not going to, I wouldn't think it would change them. I think they'd still be assholes. It doesn't change. Right. (laughs) I agree with you. um, I've said that a lot too. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's just, it's got so weird so weird 
Yes, it's weird yes, to be yes. in the paranormal calling something weird because we're supposed to be weird, but it's gotten a little too weird for the weird people, I think. <laughs> I don't know. Do you, do you think another thing, and this was kind of um, a question that I want to ask like way prior to, to this, but I uh, didn't get a chance to, uh, but now I do. Do you think that for people who want to be in the paranormal as investigators, how important is it to actually get some legitimate training on, on, on how to do it? Because there are so many people how out there. How important is it? Well, how important is it? Because I've had clients who have been like, can I join your team? And I'm like, no, no, you can't. And they're like, yeah. okay, well, maybe I'll just get some equipment. I'll get some friends and we'll just start our own team. No, you shouldn't do that <laughs> because nothing good can come <laughs> from that. But so so many people see what they do on TV. They get a bunch of friends. Yeah. They buy a K2 and a Melmeter. And they just start trespassing to places they can go to to try and film a YouTube okay. video. So how important yeah. is it to actually get some legitimate training with a reputable team? Um, It is important. I mean, again, it's hard because we're talking about a field that can't be proven 100%. So when you tell somebody that they shouldn't do it, they're kind of left wondering, like, well, why? Like, you're running around the dark with weird, like, meters and stuff. So, you know, it's there's no, like, real school for it. Um, But it is good to find a team that takes it seriously, that aren't, like, demon screamers, um, that respect the property that they're in. That do not trespass. As soon as you said trespass, my head was like, ah! Um, because it's just like, I, I think of this article that came out not long ago, and it was like a, a guy and a girl, I don't know if they're together or what, but they went and they um, started looking around the Buffalo Central Terminal. And mm-hmm. they brought some meters, and they're investigating, and the next thing they know, they're on some roof area, and the woman like fell through. And dropped about 15 to 20 feet. She punctured a lung. She broke some ribs and all this stuff. And I'm reading this story and I felt for her. I honestly did. I was like, God, you know, that anytime people would ask me what's the scariest thing about ghost hunting, I never said ghosts. I always said open elevator shafts, stairways I didn't expect to be there, like animals I didn't expect, people I didn't expect. Like there's so many other things that are real dangers, you know, so for this girl to have it happen, I really felt for her. But where she lost me was, well, if they had had a no trespassing sign, I wouldn't have gone in. It's like, if you do not own the property, you're trespassing. If you have not asked people who own the property, if you can go in, you're trespassing. So you just lost me there. I still feel bad for you because that is a scary experience. But, you know, have some accountability (laughs) because your ass should have been in the building to begin with. Um, but yeah, I mean, you do definitely need some sort of experience. I got lucky with the guys. They've been around for a long time already. They took the subject matter seriously. Um, they're very hard on things. And like I said, because they were so hard on things, I trusted them more and I trusted the whole experience more. Um, I feel like the other thing is too, is like picking up some books But even books, I think today, and I don't want to say this about everybody's book because I know people who have written them and they've done some good ones. But I also know there's a lot of people that have flooded um, the market with just crap because it'll make a buck. So I always try to say, look for older books from people Uh who've been in the field forever before this blew up into this big entertainment thing. Because there is information out there, 
Um, but it's just like, yeah, finding it is hard and trying to figure out who to trust can be hard. It's, it's a tricky thing, but you do need experience. And we all start with some funky meter at <laughs> some point or another. Um, but yeah, I think it's just finding a good team and hoping they have some room for you or will make some room for you. I don't know if any of that rant made sense, but that's... Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> no, it made sense because when I started, I was I was the guy trying to figure out what the hell was going on in my life and my house and what was affecting me and what was affecting my family and what was causing all the stuff that was causing. And I was at the library pulling out the card catalog, putting it in sideways, going, okay, I hope it's there. I hope it's in H26, aisle four. <laughs> You know, and then going down and trying to find the book that was related to the topic that I was trying to understand. I yeah. mean, because getting into it, I think when I graduated high school, the first computer was made, you know, yeah. like when, and it was like the size of my room, you mm -hmm. know, <laughs> it, was, it was like yeah. not something that you had in your house. It was like just the first computer was made, you know, yeah. uh, there, there were no cell phones. There were no, you know, there was none of that shit. So when you try and so my suggestion to people is when you go back and try to look for stuff, go back to the stuff that I studied that I had to go back to, because yeah. back then when people were having experiences and they were studying it, it was not there was nothing sensationalized, nothing. No. <clears throat> there was no social media. There was no yeah. television spots. There were no television shows about it. And there the was nothing that were taking a real chance. They sure they were. Hans, Hans Holzer spent his whole life trying to understand what the hell was going on. Worked yeah. with psychic mediums and did hundreds of investigations and, and never really put and never said, this is what's happening. Just documented what happened yeah. and then let you try to understand. Or if you had a similar experience, give you some sort of, man, it happened to somebody else. You know, thank yeah. God. You know, now I feel like I'm not alone. Now I'm yeah. not the only person standing here in the corner, you know, wondering what the hell's happening in my life. <laughs> somebody else in Buffalo, New York, and somebody in Seattle had an experience that was just like mine. Now I'm not crazy. You know, now there's some sort of commonality. So. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. So, Chris, with the last few minutes that we have, what's next for you? Like, where, where are you going? What are you doing? <laughs> Um, I don't know. I have no idea. I've had a lot of people ask me if I'll return. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I'm like, I've been kind of sticking a toe in with the events and kind of trying to get a feel for where everything's at. It has changed so much in the last 10 years since I stepped away. Um, I am having a hard time wrapping my head around it. Um, Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure. I've been playing around with like Halloween subscription boxes. I've been a Halloween nut since I was a kid. So that's been a lot of fun. It's also been forcing me to get back into being creative because I was actually the thing that I wanted to be as a kid was an artist all the way up through high school. So for me to return to that sort of stuff is where my loves were back in the day. Um, and I feel like the Halloween stuff has really been pushing me into that because I've been trying to create things that go into each month's box as well um i haven't completely closed the idea of a return to some capacity but it's definitely gonna have to be in a way that i feel like i can stick to 
who I am with it. And I'm not going to be put in positions where I have to sensationalize or scream demon or any other BS that I wouldn't be okay with. So we shall see. <laughs> we shall see. For right now, it's been events and um, just kind of playing with things and seeing where I go. So, yeah. And ranting well, online. I do a lot well, of that. Perfect. Well, well <laughs> apparently. Um, but uh, if, if anybody wants to get a subscription or whatever to these Halloween boxes, where would they go? Uh, right now, oh, long story short, I had a really cool name for it. And then last minute I found out I couldn't use it really freaking late. So I have a generic site up right now until I figure out the official name. So it's just um, shopchriswilliams.com and that's where the boxes are. And then I have my own website where I'm going to start writing my own stuff soon. And that's just chriswilliams.com. So and outside of that, I like to rant on places like Facebook and Twitter and all that. So I'm around and I'm chatty. But. As you should. So yes. Because <laughs> we, 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 we need more you and less Dave out there. <sighs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, hold on a minute. Let me, let me get the spear out of my chest. That's not even an arrow. It was a freaking oh. spear. Wow. Oh. Oh, my goodness. He's going to crap his pants when I come on the show and I'm just silent. I just sit here and don't say anything. Be like, oh. He'll be like, well, Dave, what do you think? <laughs> that, that, that's fine. It'll, it'll be your most intelligent answers ever. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay. Wow. All it's, right. a good thing. All right. it's a good thing we're friends. Yes. You wouldn't know it by the last like, 30 seconds. But yes. No, well, we are friends. But... but yeah. uh, and, 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 Anyway, um, Chris, we are obviously uh, out of time. Uh, out of time, it yeah. It, it was not enough because we didn't even get into half of the stuff that uh, I, I, I definitely wanted to. So we, if if you're willing to come back, we will definitely have you back soon. Um, sure. But, I'm around. But, but thank you for, for, for coming thank on. Thank you, guys. I really it's appreciate fun. it. And, um, and yeah, so that does it for us here this week. Uh, we'll be back next week with another episode. Uh, stay healthy, stay safe. We want to see you back here. Everybody have a good night. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> Thank you, guys. <laughs>